Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Real Podcast. Here is your host, Adam Ashba. All right, guys, thanks for checking in this podcast of Real Estate Real. This is your host, Adam Ashba. And uh, we have a really uh, special guest today, Scott Smith. And Scott is the owner of Royal Legal Solutions out of Austin, Texas. Is that right, Scott? That's right. All right. Texas. Much warmer there than here, Um, even though we've had 60-degree weather over the last few days. Uh, Scott's he spent the last eight years um, uh, deconstructing the real estate industry, the real estate investing, um, and uh, in that niche, and uh, has developed a lot of strategies. We'll cover today to how to protect from lawsuits and most importantly the tax man uh, and tax savings. So uh, before he was uh, into the the real estate. uh, industry on the uh, legal side. He was a litigator and fought against a lot of insurance companies, which a lot of people would, would definitely appreciate that. So, uh, But thanks for being on, Scott. Yeah, great to be here with you today. Um, you know, it's one of my most fun things to do is actually be able to share all the secrets that I know, you know. And so my experiences, you know, in real estate investing entrepreneurship, I bought my first uh, property and my first business actually while I was in law school. Okay. during my second year of law school, and then I ended up rehabbing the, the building and flipped the business to be the only person in my law school graduating class to graduate without any debt. And so since that time, I nice. just continue to invest in real estate, and I was practicing as an attorney with both the district attorney and the trial and appellate court, and then in private practice, suing insurance companies. You know, come to find out insurance companies are great are collecting premiums, but bad at actually paying out. And oh, I used to yeah. and until I, I was actually making more money doing real estate than I was being an attorney, and that's when I made the switch um, and got my financial freedom through real estate. And okay. um, now I, what I do to give back is that I have Royal Legal Solutions, and I coach people up on here's how you actually build wealth from zero dollars to twenty-five million net worth. And we happen to be a law firm, so we can build in all of the infrastructure um, that's needed as a part with that type of guidance. Okay. And then do you have any other locations other than Austin, or is that your, that's where... Uh, yeah, we work with clients all across the country. Okay. Um, in every asset class, from single family, multifamily, you know, okay. et cetera, Got um, it. into it. So we have a core team that's here in Austin, and then we have, uh, you know, we have our team members that are located all throughout the United States. And so we're a team of about 30, um, with about 12 paralegals, three attorneys, a number of support staff. Nice. Okay. Um, as you can imagine of that. So um, we do have about 2,000 clients. Um, currently, okay, um, and we're a systems and process-based company. So what we've really focused on is what are the repeatable ways that people can grow um, their net worth? Um, what are the repeatable ways that we can then help everybody um, that everything is essentially 95% the same, you know, because we've helped so many clients. We say, okay, with yeah. this type of problem, you know, this is what you're trying to achieve. This is where we're at right now. You know, these are the things that you, that you need to put in place, and here's some small tweaks that we yeah. need off of it. Yeah, so there's a system involved involved in it. So for those, I mean, I know you help clients throughout uh, all 50 states, but uh, if anyone's ever not been to Austin, it's exploding. Like, that is one of the real estate meccas in the United States. We think the Columbus, Ohio market's crazy, but uh, driving traffic in Austin, like, Texas, so... yeah. Yep. Well, you still got more people moving in all the time, and now it's like the average price per square foot is like four hundred plus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That would. Yeah. And that's uh, that would get you 
uh, custom built homes here in, in Columbus. So that's okay. That's yeah. all right. Not good on the real estate they, side, but if you have to buy, it's it, it's a little bit more affordable. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go, Scott. How did you how did you uh, get into the into this business? Like, how did you get into the real estate well, niche? I was a real estate investor first, right? Right. So, okay. I mean, that's the easiest way to get into it. Is that okay. I was actually a real estate investor, um, and I left doing the litigation work to just do real estate investing. Um, the problem I ran into is I started to scale my real estate and I started owning you know multiple properties and mm-hmm. you know getting into that is I ran into the same problems that all my clients and probably a lot of people listening to this podcast right now um, I've run into, which is like I don't know what to do with my entity structuring and my tax and how to create anonymity and the bookkeeping and the banking and all that stuff and okay. oh what about the due on sale clause? Maybe I can't do anything. There's a lot of unanswered questions that come up um, when you own real estate and you have multiple properties. And so what I had to do is I had to read all the books and talk to the authors because I was a colleague of theirs, you know, as a fellow attorney, mm-hmm. and see, okay, what are all the best practices that people are putting together? So I put that together first for myself, and then other people in the meetup groups around me were asking me, say, hey, what are you doing? I started to show them. They asked me to help put it together for them. And then pretty soon I had accidentally started a law firm, okay. apart from being a real estate investor. Okay. How did you, uh, why... Uh... Did you always wanted to be an attorney as a kid, or how did you, or did you have? Is your family anyone that influenced nah, you? I think it's really more about like people that really want to be attorneys really want something else, right? They're really looking for like respect or mm-hmm. um, like a some like a gold stock sticker that like you're good, you know? Because people that are doctors and attorneys are good, valued members of our society, right? Right. right. Like that's really I think that's ultimately why a lot of people end up going to law school or become doctors because they're seeking something else. I mean, how could you possibly know if you want to be an attorney as a kid? You don't know what the life of an attorney is like or what an attorney does. And in fact, yeah. even after you go through law school, you don't even know what it's like, right? right. So yeah. it must be that there's something else there, right? right? So I think it's probably one of those things that guided me to be an attorney. And what it really turns out to be, though, is that it's just a very useful skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say as far as a toolbox, there's nothing, there's no better tool that I've been ever given in life than... Well, maybe a couple other tools, right? Um, but being an attorney and learning how to think like an attorney and how attorneys think in a very organized, detailed fashion um, and like how they analyze problems is something you learn in law school and probably one of the most useful tools that I have, especially as a business person. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and one thing you, you hit the, you mentioned earlier about a lot of people maybe go to law school because they think they're going to be rich. But that's not true. So <laughs> I've met many attorneys no. that aren't rich. Yeah, you got to work. You still have to. You don't automatically get a you, paycheck you never when you get graduate. Rich working a job, by the way. Yeah. There's no. I, there's nobody out there. The best you can do is that if you really save your money and push it away, if you're working a job, mm-hmm. is that maybe you can, after 30 plus years, is to be able to not have to work anymore at that point. Mm-hmm. That's your best case scenario. But for most people, it never happens. Right. Right into it. So like working a. You're like your relative rich, like your hood rich. You're richer than the person next to you because uh-huh. you make six figures plus, but you ain't rich. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's and that's up to the person, uh, happiness, balance, and, and what have you. But yeah, I, I think uh, you're right. You probably learned a lot of useful skill sets. It cost you a lot of money probably. Where did you go to law school? Or in Texas? I went to Albany Law. Yeah, so I had a scholarship and I was lucky that I got an opportunity to buy a building and a business for ten grand uh, for the back taxes, and that, I was oh, just kind of okay. lucky with yeah. that, right? Okay. So that's 
but that again, right? Like nobody else, everybody else in my law school class, all my professors, everybody in my life told me you're absolutely crazy. There's no way you can actually go to law school and run a business and work a job all at the same time. What business? What kind of business was it? What? It was something I didn't know anything about. It was transmission um, and auto repair. Really? Okay. And you were yeah, you were an owner op- operator. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So my partner actually knew how to do all of the mechanical stuff, and we okay. had employees, and that would come in and actually do all the work. And he was a fellow law student with me. That's kind of how we ended up. I ended up finding out about the opportunity. Um, but you know, it still takes a huge leap. You know, doing something that everybody tells you is wrong. It's the absolute worst thing to do, and it's definitely right. going to fail. And how could you possibly think you're going to do that? But I, when you do that kind of stuff anyway, that's how you know you're an entrepreneur. Right. That's right. That's the difference. Well, I, I'm guessing your gut intuition, which sometimes we don't listen to, was probably telling you you got to do this. You got to you got to pull the trigger on this. Am I right? Well, yeah, I, I figured I was stupid. I didn't know how I could lose. Okay. I was like, well, you know, it'll cost me five grand. You know, he's going to pay the other five grand. We'll buy the thing. Okay. And how could we not at least make our money back? You know. Right. With a building and, and like this business, and there's people that show up there like every day and has all this legacy stuff. Mm-hmm. I still had no idea what I was doing, but I just knew enough to smell an opportunity to be like, oh, okay, well, there's probably some money here. I don't really know enough to actually make a really good informed decision, um, but if you get a good enough opportunity, you can be pretty stupid, and mm-hmm. it actually turns out okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I understand. So you're saying every blind squirrel get a, gets a nut sometimes. Is that what you're saying, Scott? <laughs> yeah, well, at least like if you can't see the nut, you can feel the nut. Got it. Yeah, right. it's probably a pretty good nut. You just, just and then take you go it. for it. I got it. I got it. So let's. Uh, <laughs> all right, good story. Good story. I get it. We should keep these squirrel analogies going for the entire podcast episode oh. and just really beat this metaphor to death. Okay. I'd really. <laughs> do you want to do an over under on how many squirrel <laughs> metaphors? I'm gonna say four. <laughs> so, okay, all that's right. pretty good. Okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's. Uh, transition into i know i know a lot of our clients here at the the real estate brokerage they have questions about um about buying a lot of our clients buy single family homes quads duplexes and uh in you know i i get this question all the time and again i'm not an attorney um i have to say that about weekly uh, in my business but they will ask me about like, should I set up an LLC? How does that work? You know, uh, what have you? So, um, as they're scrolling away money to buy property, there's one. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, go into that into that realm of when when is it a good idea for a client maybe that has one house or or whatever one property. Should they set up an LLC or not? Or I'm guessing everyone's different. So, if you could. yeah, so typically what I look at in terms of so the field that I focus on is about is asset protection, which is really okay. about um, saying like, hey, we all have insurance, mm-hmm. but we know that insurance companies are profit-seeking corporations. They have a business model that's built on collecting premiums and denying coverage. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's not trust them with our entire net worth by just having everything in our personal name and having an insurance policy in place because they don't always cover. And in fact, they get to choose when they want to cover and when they don't. Okay. And insurance companies also only protect you against negligence, which is just simple accidents. They don't protect you if there's any allegation that, hey, you misled me in an email. That's not covered by insurance. Okay. Um, if there's something that they somebody alleges that you broke a contract, that's also not covered. Okay. You get a car accident that exceeds the limits of liability of your car insurance policy. 
well, then you have then you're responsible for all of that. So come to find out that rich people actually don't own things and they don't pay taxes. So my advice for everybody is that we should all act like rich people. Sure. And the way that we do that is that we have all of our assets held inside of an asset holding company. So maybe you have a little bit of cash in your bank account to pay your bills or whatever, right? Um, from just your month to month expenses, but all of your other assets, your cash, your stocks, your houses, all of that should be in an LLC. Okay. Now, among the choices that you have for LLCs, the best LLC you can buy is a series LLC. They can form in Delaware, Texas, Nevada, or Wyoming. What that allows you to do is to be able to form one bank account, one EIN number, one tax return, one set of accounting books. But what's special about a series LLC is that it can create what's called a child series. Right? These are kind of like little baby LLCs. Okay. But each baby LLC there, it's free to create. And it's infinitely scalable, and there's no extra cost to form them or to maintain them on a yearly basis. So by forming one series LLC, you get to essentially form an infinite number of these child series or baby LLCs for free. Okay. And you can compartmentalize every single asset you own underneath that series LLC. So that way, if there's ever a lawsuit against one asset, they can't go after any of your other assets, and they can't go after you personally. Okay. So you're again. So this the LLC is called a series LLC. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And that's and I know uh, for those listening, only certain states have this, and I know Ohio does not, but I know Wyoming is a huge one. That that they're very. And what was the other states? Yeah. So there's four states that actually have okay. useful LLCs. Okay. So when you talk about like what's a useful LLC, it has to do with charging order protections. There's only only four LLCs that are out there that are worth a darn, and that's going to be Delaware, Texas, Nevada, or Wyoming. Right? Okay, all right. And whether you're forming LLCs or series LLCs, if you actually need to stand up for charging order protection, meaning that somebody sues you and they're trying to go after your LLC, you need to form it in one of those four states. Got it. Okay. Now, you form it in one of those four states, and then you use it anywhere else you want to in the United States. Okay. And that... And what the legal principle you're using to be able to do that is the full faith and credit of the Constitution. In the United States, it says that the laws of one state have to be respected among the several states. This is why people would form, traditionally form LLCs in Delaware and then use them everywhere else inside of the United States. Personally, what I like to do is I like to form Texas series LLCs because Texas has the strong, has, is on par with having the strongest laws. It allows us to have that free and scalable um, child series creation. I don't have to pay any yearly fees in Texas um, to be able to maintain it. So there's cost savings from what I can get in the other state. Okay. And then anywhere in the country that I own assets, I'll create a land trust or another type of just grantor anonymous trust to hold title to that asset. Um, and then that trust is in turn owned by my series LLC. So then I can have anonymity and the ownership of the asset. I can have anonymity and the ownership of my company. I get all of the compartmentalization of the asset, so that way if they ever sue one property, they can't go in after any of the other properties. Get to manage everything through one bank account, um, so it makes my operations um, super simplistic. Um, and because all my assets are held inside of these individual trusts, um, or you know, if it's a piece of real estate, it would be like a land trust. Um, I get to avoid the due on sale clause of the mortgages at the same time. If anybody ever looks into saying, hey, what does, you know, who owns this piece of property or who owns this company, it all ties back to a law firm. Um, so right. that way it's all held anonymously and all protected by the attorney client privilege. There's right, no information right. for somebody you... to get if they ever look to sue you. Okay, okay. So, it, so in layman's terms, like in Ohio, for example, if you have an LLC, uh, and you own one piece of property, and it's under um, 
Smith LLC. We'll use your last name, or you know. So, and if someone and you're a sole owner LLC, if someone sued you personally, they still have they still are able to access the assets within that LLC box, correct? And is that a, that's like the distributions yeah. that come out of it and things, right? So it's not yeah. So okay. The thing is that they sue you. Mm-hmm. So if you have your asset inside of like a series LLC and then you have it, you know, tucked inside of a land trust in the child series, mm-hmm. and you have that one asset there, and somebody gets injured on the property, um, and they say, "Hey, I want to sue." So the first thing that you do is you hope that your insurance kicks up to Got protect it. you okay. from it. Right. Okay. So yeah. we always like have that as like our we always have front line of defense. We want them to yeah. be able to kick it. Right. So our front yeah. line defense. Okay. But the thing is, is that now it's inside of that child series. They can attack that asset as it's held inside of the child series, right? But they can't go after you personally, okay. and they can't go after any of the other assets. Maybe you don't have just your assets. Probably aren't just your house, right? It's probably also your cash, your stock. Any, yeah. other, any other piece of property you might have, you might yeah. have limited partnership investments like a syndication investment and other things. Vehicles. You know, all of those or, yeah. things that stay protected. Vehicles, yeah. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they can only go after the the one piece of property that's under that, uh, uh, what did you call it, baby or child series LLC? It, yeah. It's okay. a child series of the series LLC because it works like a parent-child structure, right? Like you have Got a it. parent entity that's right. formed and filed, and that can create an infinite Understood. number of children. Okay. Does um, not get too deep in the weeds, but is would uh, if you had a client that had ten separate single-family homes as investments, so each of those homes would be within a child series LLC, correct? You'd have literally yeah, ten and under the, under the, the parent land trust. Right, underneath the so, parent. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So you have one child series. You have child series A. You have land trust A. Land trust A in turn owns property A, right? Mm-hmm. And then you'd have child series B, and then you'd have land trust B, and then that would hold property B. Okay. okay. And that just scales out infinitely as such, right? Okay. And the great thing about this is because we're transferring the property into a land trust, we avoid the due on sale clause, and we also avoid any foreign entity registration uh, cost because the land trusts don't have to register and pay any of those uh, fees because those only apply to LLCs. And so we're using a little bit of a caveat here in the law that allows us to be able to hold the property, get all the protections, but not have to take on any of the costs and not expose ourselves to the banks. Okay. Can you, Scott, just uh, briefly uh, maybe go explain what a land trust is? Yeah, so a trust is just a, a document. Right? It's just a piece of paper. Okay. Um, and what it, what a trust allows you to do is you can transfer an asset into the trust, um, and then a trust has a beneficiary, and it has a grantor, and it has a trustee. Okay. So in our scenario, the, the creator of the trust, which is called the grantor, and the beneficiary mm-hmm. is the child series. Right. So you have the okay. parent. Underneath the parent, you have child series A. Underneath that, you have land trust A, and land trust A holds property, right? When you look at land trust A and say, well, how is land trust A actually owned by child series A? Like, how does that legally come together with that? We say, well, we're going to say that land trust, child series A created land trust A, and it's also the beneficiary. It's entitled to all of the benefits of the trust, meaning all of the income uh, of the trust. And then the, but all of my clients actually directly control all of their property, and we use other methods to be able to screen the um, their name off of uh, anything that's publicly exposed with that. 
Um, but that's essentially how a trust would work. Um, but it's just, it's really just a document, just like child series and okay. LLC operating agreements, et cetera, are just documents that attorneys prepare and then you sign. Um, and, and when done correctly, they have all these legal implications. The problem is a lot of people try to do this stuff on their own. Um, and anybody I've ever had come into my office that's tried to do this on their own um, has always screwed it up somehow, leaving themselves exposed. Right, okay. And then now, obviously, as people listen to this, they're like, oh, boy, this is, seems pretty, pretty complicated. Yeah, it uh, is. You know, so, um, yeah. but might be necessary for, for some well, or most. The, the, yeah. the, the, the piece of this is that it's not complicated in the operation. Okay. So all of these things actually just run in the background of your life. The uh-huh. only thing that you actually have to manage is your one bank account. Right, okay. Is it, right? And your accounting records that tag the income and expenses for each of your properties. All of the trust structure, all of these pieces, that's my job to put all that together, maintain it for you, review it with you twice a year to make sure that this is gonna be done correctly and that we've updated things appropriately for any changes in your life, reviewing your estate plan, all that, all that's on me. All of my clients just get to focus on whatever it is, like finding more deals, mm-hmm. you know, traveling around the world, just having more free time, having a peace of mind, knowing that somebody else is taking care of all of these things for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my business is doing that for people at scale and seeing how do we actually do that efficiently while providing that ultra high level of support um, in a way that's affordable for the average person. Okay. What uh, What are some things, like what are some common, because um, I think a lot of people say, gosh, I've owned that property for 20 years. I've never had any issues. I This seems complicated, but what are some common things that could cause, um, uh, I guess that could cause someone to sue you? So you have rental properties, and what are, what is something that common that you see like gosh like this this here like this is a this this could happen you got to think about that and I think some people get comfortable because it hasn't happened to them so they don't think they need to worry about about going down yeah. this road but what are some common I mean, things that you see how why people get sued? Yes, yeah, so I had a friend of mine who lost over three million dollars from a single lawsuit, uh, okay. and and he lost three million dollars in real estate from it, right? And he was very well insured. Um, and he was running that same principle, like I haven't ever been sued, you know, um, right. I'm an honest guy, sure. right? Um, and uh, so I got nothing to worry about. Well, the problem was is that he actually had another business dealing that he went into, and then there was a breach of contract action that was brought because of that. And then because he owned all those properties in his personal name, they were able to find all those properties as part mm-hmm. of the public record. Right. And then they knew that he was a good target to sue. Okay. And they went after him for it and was able to take it. So, like, he is—he had, like, not done anything, right? And so he made himself out to be a target. And that's what actually comes into place. If I you see. own property in your personal name, you are automatically a target. Yeah. Because lawsuits aren't about right and wrong, and they're not about how honest you are. It's about somebody else trying to come after you because, you know, they're pissed off and that they want your money. Yeah. Because they're mad about something and they want to hold you accountable for it, right? Got it. So the question is not whether you're going to be sued or not. If you're in the business long enough... Um, you're going to be sued. There's over a 95% probability that you'll be sued over your lifetime as a real estate investor. The only question is, is when it's going to happen and what position you're going to be in when mm-hmm. it happens. Got and it. what's your team? But how much support have you done? All of these things that I talk about are extremely effective if put in place ahead of time, and none of them work if you try to do it after you're sued. And can they... Um, so you said 90%. That that's a, an average. 
Yeah, over the lifetime. Like, nope. You just You're look right. at the national court data, right? Sure. Like, okay. How many assets, Gosh, you know? That's amazing. Like, yeah, sure. scary. Um, so now, can you, other than properties, can you put other? You, you can put about anything into your trust, correct? I know you called it a yeah, land trust, but you can put vehicles. You can put your plane, your helicopter, your Ferrari, your Porsche. I mean, can you put yeah. anything within that within that anything. trust? Okay. Yeah, it can be held in anything. We usually think of things in, in two types of companies. We have like one company that holds all of our assets, and it's like our vault, right? And that's our anonymous series LLC Jewelry, using anonymous okay. trust structures to be able to hold those titles, the assets. Um, invest and other investments that way people don't know the extent of what we own and okay. it makes it look like we don't own anything um, and that we you know essentially on paper we look like we qualify for food stamps and that's essentially what we want if anybody ever looks into us right Got it. people okay. don't sue people that look like they qualify for food stamps I understand that's one company a second company that you would want to have is what we call an operating company okay it's a separate LLC that doesn't own anything but it does everything right so it's going to be the one that's going to hire contractors, enter into contracts, um, collect lease, uh, collect rental payments from the uh, tenants. It's going to enter into those lease agreements with them, um, because all of those types of activities are ones that people could sue you for, right? Mm -hmm. Into it. Yeah. So what you want is you want to channel all of that legal liability into a company that doesn't own anything. I understand. Right. So that right. way, there worst right. case scenarios to wind down that company and start up a new one. Correct. So you okay. can run all of your business through this separate LLC, and then your asset holding company is a completely separate company, a completely separate anonymous series LLC that holds everything, and it doesn't do anything because you want it to make it where it's dang near impossible to maintain a lawsuit against it. Okay, and, and that is really because the, the plaintiff that's going after you, in this case, there's, it's just dead end after dead end after dead end. Is, is that the principle of it? Yeah, the principle of it is that they end up having to spend five to ten to fifty thousand dollars at different stages of this just to get information and just to make any progress at all. And right. each time they make any progress, they get really bad news, right? So the first thing okay. we have to overcome is looks like this guy doesn't own anything. It's gonna cost us five to ten grand just to file the lawsuit and and be okay, can we actually find out you know, any type of information on this guy, right? Yep. Then the next thing they find out after they spend that amount of money is like, holy smokes, all of these, these assets compartmentalized, right? Mm -hmm. So I can only go after this one asset. Well, that's a really small amount of money. That's probably not enough to justify how much you have to pay the attorney, right, and everything right. else that they're looking for, Cost all reward. the risk of litigation, et cetera, right? right? Yep. So what you do is you make this a really bad business proposition. Okay. You can't actually keep them from suing you, but what you can do is make right. a really bad business proposition for that frivolous litigation attorney that's out there. I mean, those are the guys that are going to come after you. Sure. And say, eh, I'm not going to take this one. I'll take a different case. And that's yeah. all you have to do is just make yourself harder to sue than the next guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just dead end after dead end. And then, yeah, cost, risk, reward. Is it worth the money? And, yeah. And there's no guarantee. And it's like playing the lottery, you know, from a very yeah, expensive we've, we've lottery. Yeah, I've got a 100% success rate with lawsuits getting dropped. Over really? Okay. Years. Wow. Okay. With it, right? It's just because of nobody wants to go and tackle it, you know? It's too much. Like, you, you don't fight people that look like they're ultra-prepared because we've spent years in preparing yeah. for a fight that they're just getting into. 
right? It's like if you went to go train, like and fight a boxer mm-hmm. and somebody that had been training for six years and you just learned how to box right. last week. <laughs> That's a good. Like, one. who do you think wins that fight? Is that a fight you want? No, 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 of course not. Not at all. Okay. No. How well? How long does it take to do this process? So if if someone Four says, uh, yeah, go ahead. How long does it take to to get the process started? To the time they're like, you put the stamp of approval meeting. Listen, you're you're set up. You're good. You're you're protected on this. Yeah, it's four weeks. That's so it. Takes it. Four okay. weeks to be able to take in that from somebody that comes in and says, "Hey, this is what I got going on." We put them go through a consultative process with that to be able to find out. Okay, what are your objectives? Where are you growing in the next five years? What is this going to look like? We want to make sure that the structure that we're going to put together is going to last you for your lifetime. Okay. Right. So we want things that are highly flexible. Um, built into that, we wanted to be able to cover what it, everything that you have going out with active businesses, assets, etc. Um, and then it's about a four-week time period to be able to get all the companies filed, deeds drafted, um, assignments of interest to move assets, all of that documentation prepared to review it with you. Um, and and then at the end of that period, we sign documentation and then start the continuity of the relationship because we don't just set up structures. We're looking for lifelong relationships right. to help people grow and build sure. and maintain over time. And that's how you build your business. What, yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's how I build a business, but that's actually what I, I, it excites me. It excites me to be able to offer people the opportunity where they can go to someplace and then say, hey, let me just take over that whole piece of your life for you, what you need to be thinking about for taxes, what do you need to be doing for infrastructure, how can we be proactive Mm -hmm. for you and hold the accountability for you to have a more secure financial future while freeing up your time so you can go do the things that are most important to you because for most people that's not, you know, solely their finances, it's their family, it's, you know, their charity work, um, it's their church it's these other things in their life that they want to invest more into. Um, and so we can take all those other things off of their plate um, and give them peace of mind and security of knowing, yeah, all the major things that you need to be doing for your wealth building, your tax savings, your entity structuring, your lifelong protection, all of those are being handled for you and that we meet at least twice a year to ensure that you're on the right track. Okay. And then, but I mean, uh, one thing is for someone who thinks they're going to be sued soon, uh, you, you can't do this in the in the middle of a process of a lawsuit, correct? I mean, you got to be. Yeah, but yeah. if you think you're going to be sued like next week, then today is the day to do it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, today is the day to do it for everybody. Got There's it. no advantage to waiting because all you do when you wait is give you is more time for something else to pop up. Right. Right. Yeah. So what, if this is something you're like, hey, I think I might want to do this eventually, but I'm not sure. Now is the time. Mm-hmm. Because it's right now that we can set everything up that it's really going to work. Once you actually even get a, a, a letter from somebody, it's already too late. Right. At yeah. that point. I understand. Right? Yeah. So it's it's really, you know, there's no time like the present with this book, with this kind of stuff. And uh, who is, uh, who's like your bread and butter client? Like if you say, uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, that, that would be a, a typical person that, that we work with. I mean, are you talking someone who has a net worth of, or is it just a, uh, uh, you know, your middle American six-figure income person that's works a corporate job and has a couple properties? I mean, I mean, who? I think a lot of people think like, oh, this is for the rich, and I this seems like it'd be very expensive. But it, what would be a bread and butter client for you guys? Yeah. So the the deal is with us is that it very scalable is that we work with people that have all the way from zero net worth all the way to 25 million right okay the majority of the people that come in um, that we work with are typically somewhere in that 
um, phase of their life where they're saying, like, I got, I'm, I have, or I'm looking to have two plus single family properties here within okay. like the next year, right? Okay. Anybody in that zone, we have super powerful solutions uh, and okay. best practices of how do you do this correctly um, and incorporating in all the tax strategies and whatnot uh, that are applicable. A lot of people don't maximize those, and it, that costs them thousands of dollars just because it, they're, they just lose it to the government, right? Right. Um, yeah. And it's okay. gone. Um, but I would say that that's, that's probably right. So I would say anybody that has, has or is looking to have two or more uh, single-family homes or two or more properties just in general, whether it's commercial, multifamily, whatever the case may be there, that's worth a conversation. Got it. Okay. Like, hey, that's you know, good. What that's can we good do? info. Um, and I, I hate this question, but I, I think a lot of people might be like, gosh, I mean, what – when they think of attorneys, they think, oh, it's so expensive. I mean, do we have the extra cash to do the – you know, what uh, – just to weigh their option, is there, and I mean, if you can't, Scott, I don't want to put you on the, the spot, but I mean, what is a an average cost that they would look at as a bread and butter client, like someone that has two properties? What What is the cost of doing this? Uh, is yeah. there, is there, it's kind of like going to the doctor, right? Okay. Where it's really hard to write a prescription without actually sitting down and talking to somebody first. Okay, I get like it. What's totally get be, it. Right? Okay. So, but but to just give you like a ballpark of, of what that, because that's a really common question of what it's going to cost. Um, if this costs, if anybody ever told you that this would cost you less than like a thousand dollars to put together, you probably don't want it. And that's like right? the online scammers that you see on YouTube. Yeah. And th- okay, all right, yeah. Yeah, you see what I'm yeah. saying? Like that totally kind of stuff I'd, be, I'd be really hesitant to be like, well, what's the quality of that going to be? Right, like, you get I, what you pay I'm for. I'm one of maybe a few people in the country that specialize in just real estate investing, right, as an attorney, and it helps people nationally with it, and this makes it my sole practice. So there's one thing that you can do. Here's a couple of different ways to think about what you want to do for cost. If all you're worried about is how do I create an LLC, um, then just go to LegalZoom, right? And go okay. file an LLC through LegalZoom because you're you're probably not thinking through the problem very deeply. If you're worried and you're thinking about how do I actually build assets, build wealth over time, how do I operate um, my businesses correctly, how do I maximize my tax savings, if that's interesting to you, to say how do I do all of the right things for long-term wealth building into it, then we're the right fit. And I can guarantee you that the the fees that we charge here, we're not the cheapest, right? That's probably going to be legal Zoom or Rocket Lawyer or whatever, right? Right. Okay. Or, but I know for sure that we're about half the cost of the really expensive guys that are out there Got it. Okay. that have been doing this stuff for like 30 years. Because we're about six years into it, um, and we're the best, absolutely the best value out there. Yeah. Okay, great. Great. What's, uh, um, what do you see you as, as your firm, you know, you personally and, and – uh, uh, at Royal Legal Solutions, how are you? Uh, what do you see you guys as, as growing over the ne- are, uh, over the next few years, and how is the industry changing for you guys? Um, yeah, we're growing incredibly fast. You with are it, right. Okay. So we're a team of about thirty people, um, number of attorneys, um, a very large paralegal team, a lot of support staff, um, a core team here in Austin, um, with people located all throughout the United States, and. Building, building a company that's a system and process based company allows us to be able to scale while being able to um, uh, not have any drop off and the quality of the service that we bring, right? Now, we've, we've made some mistakes like in the past, um, like last year, where it's like, well, there's too many people that wanted help and I wanted to help everybody. Mm-hmm. And we found out like, well, actually our delivery times got pushed, right? Okay. So we weren't able to meet like the time frame. So that's so like the four week, kind of stuff. The four week delivery right? and that's time just frame. part of like okay. the growing pains of it. Now we're at that four week 
um, time period. And I think that what we're, what we're doing right now is actually on the cutting edge of what people can do with professional services because we're not, we are a law firm. I am an attorney, right? Right. But I'm an attorney that's looking at saying, well, what are all of the things that go in to an objective? Most attorneys can look at it and say, I only know the attorney hat, right? And I know how to form this LLC, but don't ask me about taxes, don't ask me about your business operations, don't ask me about your bookkeeping, don't ask me about how you should do um, any of your accounting, don't ask me about the insurance, don't ask me about title, don't ask me about any of that, because I form LLCs, right? What we're doing that's really different is saying, no, no, we're going to go for an objective. The objective here is that we think that real estate investing is one of the best ways to hold and build wealth over time. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do is we're going to learn all of the pieces of the puzzle um, from our personal experience and my personal experience. And then we're going to be able to offer that to clients. That's like, what's the broad range of all the puzzle pieces? How do they fit together? So it's one cohesive system with one person to talk to that can answer all of the questions that would come up. And that's where I think the next level of professional services is is, is coming about. Uh, I think we're just on the cutting edge of it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys have, I mean, you guys have a really good website and do, do a pretty, I mean, is that, how do a lot of people hear about you? Is it through social media or is it just your website? Is it YouTube? Like, how are you getting clients throughout the United States? Cause that, that's what it sounds like you service. You're not servicing just Texas, like a typical lawyer that's got his name on a billboard. You're, you're servicing the lower 48, I'm guessing, or, or yeah. the whole, no, all okay. I mean, all 50, right? Right. Okay. I mean, the, the, the deal is that the same systems work. Um, There's small tweaks that happen with different states, you know, that you need to know about. Like, oh, if you're located in, in Pennsylvania, you need to know about how do you avoid um, transfer taxes up there. And same thing in Massachusetts. And, okay. You know, there's like little little pieces like that. And, okay, well, what happens in California? And how do you get around franchise taxes if you have property in California or you're located in California? So there's nuances and wrinkles to this mm-hmm. um, that we've had. I worked out in the first couple of years um, of the company. We're six years old now. Um, and... The, the the overall scope is to be able to, and what we have been doing is helping clients everywhere in the country with it. So um, it's there's all of the, the major critical pieces are all the same always. There's about 5% that we have to customize for each client. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Scott. Thanks for joining. So really, if you are in any of the 50 states in the United States uh, and you have a couple properties you really want to, Think seriously about uh, giving Scott and Royal Legal Solutions uh, a, a call. So, Scott, how do how do they get a hold of you if the, if they have some more yeah. questions and, and they want to? Uh, what would be the next step for the listeners? Yeah, the best thing to do is actually to go to the RoyalLegalSolutions.com website. Okay, um, you're going to see a banner up at the top. I'm going to say, "Hey, take a quiz into it or get a price." Got it. Okay. Um, so you're going to want to click that. All right. So go to RoyalLegalSolutions.com. Take the quiz. Like click the take the quiz button going to take you over to the next page just like a quick like five question quiz that allows us to get all of your basic info so we can have a meaningful conversation in our very first conversation right i mean there's nothing worse than talking to like professionals and then having it just be like a really boring vanilla intake process and then blah 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 blah, blah right mm-hmm. so we're geared up to be able to help you from that very first conversation you have to make that something meaningful and valuable to you and on that page after you go to royallegalsolutions.com you take and you click the take a quiz page and you fill out the quiz, what you're going to want to do is then check out the videos that we have on there. I have all of my secrets, everything, all the whole system, how it works, how it lays in with the state planning, tax savings, entity structuring, 
how do you buy new properties, how do you refinance properties, you can structure everything. It's all in that video that's on that page. Mm -hmm. um, and that's an hour and 45 minute video. I mean, it is a beast of a video, but it has everything you would possibly need to know to make you in the top one-tenth of 1% 1 of attorneys, CPAs, and advisors in the real estate game there. You can also look at the bottom of that page and check out uh, the client testimonials that we have. They're about 10 minute long videos from all different kinds of clients um, that we've worked with. I've asked about hearing from their experience just to make sure that you're, you know, that we're a good fit. You know, are we helping people that are like you? Um, and so that's a good question to have. Um, and the best way to look at that is going to be there, you know, on that page after you take that quiz. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Scott. Thanks for uh, being on this episode of Real Estate Real Podcast. And again, if you want to get a hold of Scott Smith at uh, Royal Legal Solutions, you go to royallegalsolutions.com and just click the... Uh, uh, what was the, the, the box at the blue box at the top? Uh, take the quiz, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, awesome. you just take, click the take the quiz box right at the top at royallegalsolutions.com. Sounds good. All right, well, thanks, Scott. Again, this is Adam Ashbo, your host of Real Estate Real, and I will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Estate Real. Check us out on all the major podcast platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Like us on our fan page on Facebook at Real Estate Real and let everyone know that this is the best podcast in America.